This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. everybody welcome to spin control episode 106 27 things this of course is your host shiloh in this episode i've got some knitting some spinning tiny bit of sewing a little story for you about my efforts to get a little bit more organized this year and i'll talk a little bit about my most favorite and cherished spinning wheel but i suppose we should kick this all off with some updates so a lot's been going on in the last few weeks I have been traveling like mad and, you know, doing lots of things. So first off, right after I published the last episode, we headed off to Ski Week and spent seven wonderful days in Breckenridge, Colorado with my brother and his family and a couple other folks. And we there was some really awesome and wonderful snowboarding. So that was pretty cool. It was a really nice break from work. And of course, always difficult to go back to work, but you know, I survived, kind of. So I went directly from Breckenridge, got home, had less than 24 hours, and then I got on a plane headed toward Austin, Texas. I spent three days in Texas doing work stuff. Um, My organization, our marketing firm that does all of our special promotional items, website design, that kind of stuff. They are located in Austin and we had some meetings because they're about to redesign our website. We need to make sure we can fully integrate with our new CRM that should be stood up in the next year and a bunch of other things like that. So it was cool, except the two people I was traveling with were fuddy-duddies and I didn't even make it to a yarn store. So that was kind of bogus and I'm going to make sure that in the future that doesn't happen again. But I will definitely, definitely get to a yarn store if I'm traveling. Big, huge disappointment. There isn't really a yarn store in Breckenridge, Colorado. I have looked. And it's not like we had a ton of snow that week too. So it wasn't even feasible to drive to one that was within an hour. So, so that was no good. So I need to try to make sure that some kind of crafty goodness happens. And I visit locally and shop locally in the places that I get to travel to in the future. So that'd be great. What else? Also, uh, the very last week of January, the last weekend in January. So when we, I rushed back from, um, Breckenridge to make sure I could get back in time for my knit group's holiday party. I know, right? It was like the 27th, I think, or 26th of January. But so typically, apparently what this knit group does, you know, I'm new to it, is that they start targeting weekends, Saturdays in um, January, where, you know, the majority of people could be available. And that's when we have our little holiday party and gift exchange. And that was fun. The food was great. There were mimosas. So that was awesome. And we like, you know, did the whole white elephant gift exchange. There's some good rules so that it's not like this mad dash and, you know, doesn't go on forever and ever. But apparently this year, the gifts were so good that people just, there was very little trading and stealing. I had the last number, so I stole something that I wanted, which was really fun. But it worked out for the girl who had opened the gift because she already had one of the items. So that was pretty cool. So I ended up with three new books. One is Knitting Masterclass from The Knitter Magazine, the European Knitter Magazine, and it was edited by Juliette Bernard. That was pretty cool. I love The Knitter, even though I've never knit a single thing out of it. It's just a gorgeous magazine, and I always pick them up when I see them, so I was excited about that. And then I got 
the Japanese Knitting Stitch Bible. So it's 260 exquisite patterns, and that's awesome. And the other book was Japanese Knitting. It's 23 patterns for sweaters, scarves, and more. That was cool. So I'm pretty excited because I love books, and I've got way, way too many. But I'm always, always willing to add more to my collection. Like to the point now where I think I actually need to get another bookcase to go in my craft room because these are kind of filling up. So that was awesome. So over the last few weeks, we've had some good travel stuff, some good family stuff, some good knitting stuff, and all is right with the world right now. So I'm pretty happy about that. Well, it looks like that's all I've got in updates. So it's time to get this podcast started. In this edition of Spin a Tale, I am going to talk to you a little bit about the efforts I'm making to get myself a little bit more organized. Now that I'm working full-time, and have been for the past three months, um, I'm noticing that I have a lot less effort or a lot less time available to, you know, take care of things at the house. So I'm definitely making some distinct approaches to making sure I can actually get things done and I can move myself forward toward living the life I want to live. So there's two kind of distinct things that that I've got going on with that. First, 27 things. 27 things is a concept I learned about like a long time ago. I think it was like in the early 2000s from I think the fly lady, but I'm not possible. That was like a long, like I'm not positive. That was a long time ago. The fly lady is a trend that is like since passed a long time ago. So here's the concept behind 27 things. It's really hard sometimes to look at a room or a space or your house and tackle like this big effort to make major change or get organized. But the 27 things concept is if every day you can determine the disposition of 27 things, you're making little steps forward toward achieving your overall organizational goals. So that's what I'm going to try to do. Every day, I'm going to try to look at my spaces and decide the fate of 27 things. One is stuff that just needs to be put away because it's come into the house and hasn't actually found a proper home. Two, do I need to go through my closet and find 27 things to donate to charity? Do I need to, you know, go through that space in the garage and find 27 things that need to be thrown away? So it's like taking little tiny bites out of these big organizational chores that are totally, totally feasible. And like I said, if I do 27 things today, that's a lot more than I did yesterday, right? So if I can continue along that that line of tackling 27 items every day until it's done, it's a little bit of progress, it's totally manageable, and I won't get overwhelmed. So that's my goal. I actually just spent like two hours on the phone with my mom two days ago, and we talked about that because now that she's providing like pretty much full-time care for my father, she's got very little time that she can spend on these things. And when she has chunks of time here and there, this whole 27 things concept I think will work really well for her too. So she can just tackle a little bit at a time, not feel overwhelmed, but still feel accomplished with her effort every day. Awesome. So that's 27 things. And right now, I'm recording this episode from the craft room where I'm trying to resolve the fate of 27 items that are kind of cluttering my space. So that's cool. Like I have a bad habit of pulling tools out and using them and not putting them away. Like right now, my ball winder and skein winder are sitting out on my table, but I don't have anything to to wind <laughs> or to reskein. So I should probably put those away. Yay, two things. So that's like the principle behind the 27 things. In addition to the 27 things, I am going to tackle another 101 in 1001. So I don't really do well when it comes to the whole New Year's resolution thing. 
because it just kind of fades away after a while. But for the past probably almost 10 years, I've been doing 101 goals in 1,001 days. And I'm hoping that this year will be my most successful because I have some clearer overarching goals like themes that I'm going to organize all my goals underneath. One, I need to refine my brand. Two, I need to establish a business model. Three, I need to get some real self-care under control because I'm aging and I don't want to get that, you know, I don't want that to get kind of out of control before I get too far along in the aging process that I can't correct it. And four, my family's got some, you know, major things to accomplish over the next, what, two and a half years. And I'd like a plan in place so I can help facilitate their success. For example, uh, Itty Bitty will be graduating from high school and heading off to college. So I'd like to help her transition, not do the work for her, but help her build a plan to transition off to college and succeed. She's kind of my anxious child, and I don't want her to get into a place where she's overwhelmed and doesn't succeed and feels like a failure, right? So assisting in that. Bird is going to graduate from college and head off to grad school or go to work full time. So I've been helping her organize her plans and get a clear goal set. So that kind of stuff. Um, the boy and I want to make a concerted effort to really pay down some bills. Like these aren't, you know, I don't have massive credit card debt or anything like that. However, we've got some car payments, legitimate bills, um, house payment, those kind of things. We'd like to get a plan together to really kind of get ahead of that and pay things off early so that we have more free money in our budget. So that as we're, you know, we can start planning for the future, put more money away for retirement and that kind of stuff. So those are the kind of goals or the themes that I'm going to pack into my 101 and 1001 this time around. And I plan to publish my entire list of 101 things and a little bit more detail and background about my goals on my blog. And I will definitely share with you when that is up and running, hopefully in the next weekend. That might even be done before this episode is edited and posted. And if that is the case, I will link to it in the show notes. All right. So that's all I've got. And spin a tail. Keep your fingers crossed for me so that I can succeed in getting my life organized. And now it is on to spinning my wheels. I've been pretty busy. I've got a little bit accomplished and I've made progress on quite a few other things. So I'm happy and that's always good. So what have I been doing? So I finished the pair of stripy socks that I was working on. They're a rainbow-ish colorway called What'd You Call Me by Turtle Pearl in her base, Softshell Turtle Toes which is 70% merino, 20% cashmere, and 10% manufactured polyamide. So that is, I guess, to give the uh, fibers a little bit of strength and make it wear a little bit better. So that was cool. I really enjoyed that. So with those socks, I used Judy's Magic Cast On for the first time. I did an afterthought heel. And with the afterthought heel, I used a pattern from Laura Lineman, La La on Ravelry, you know, from the Knit Girls. Um, she has an instruction. It's basically a vanilla pair of socks with an afterthought heel. And that's actually been around for quite some time. And it's a free pattern on Ravelry. When was this published? It looks like it was created in two, 2011, but updated in 2016. And it's a very, very simple afterthought heel. So in addition to that, I used Jenny's Super Stretchy Bind Off for the top because I, I did a toe-up sock. So one, at least one of those things was brand new. I'd never done 
Judy's Magic Cast on before, and I finally figured that out. Like, the first time I tried it, I was so, so not an ex experienced enough knitter to figure it out. It had totally evaded me, but I figured it out this time, so that was cool. So I really just did the toe up, made it long enough for my foot, put in waist yarn for the afterthought heel, then knit till I had about a six inch leg, and then did like a one inch two by two ribbing cuff. That's all done. Worn them once. Pretty happy with that. I don't really block socks. I just wear them. These were just a little bit loose. So what I decided to do was throw them in the washing machine and I will dry them flat and we'll see how they fit after that. So that should be pretty cool. I'll let you know how that goes. They are super soft. That whole merino cashmere base was pretty nice. So I really enjoyed the yarn. What else have I been working on? Since I finished that, I cast on a pair of socks called Good Intentions. And I can't really tell you too much about those yet because I'm still writing up the pattern. But I did about an inch and a half two by two rib cuff. Now I'm working on the leg and I will give you more details as those come along. My goal is to have that pattern finished and published for Valentine's Day, which would make me very happy. So we'll have to see how that goes. And like, so tonight is Super Bowl Sunday here in the States. So to me, that really means uh, what, four hours of concentrated knitting time where no one expects me to be doing anything else except sitting. So that's cool. So I should get a lot done tonight. Maybe even edit this podcast. We'll see, have to see how that goes. And I did a lot of swatching. So I'm working on a shawl pattern called My Blue Heaven. And I don't think I mentioned this before. I think I mentioned it on Instagram. But I was working with the folks at the 100th Cheap to get like the perfect color for this shawl. And I ended up getting a call from Peggy of the 100th Sheep, the dyer, when I was in Breckenridge, Colorado. And she dyed a colorway called Denim for me in a gradient set. And it is Super Rush Marina and Tessa Silk. And I'm pretty excited because I think it's going to be absolutely perfect for the shawl design that I've got in my head. So I'm pretty stoked about that. And it's a fingering weight yarn. So I just did my swatches in just a random fingering weight yarn. I didn't swatch with the actual yarn because I don't want to waste it. But I'm pretty excited. I have a couple of decisions to make in terms of finishing touches for this shawl design and then I will be good to go. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And that's just about all I've got going on in knitting, in spinning. I didn't get any spindle spinning done even though I 100% totally intended to. I took a spindle with me to Breckenridge, never pulled it out. I also took the spindle, no I actually left the spindle home when I went to Texas because I'm like well if I didn't spin with it when I was in um, Breckenridge, there's no way I'm going to find time to do it while I'm in Dallas. But I have been spinning about 15 minutes a day on the dreaded fleece, so that's cool. I'm making a little bit of progress, and I'm enjoying it, so that's pretty awesome, actually, because you know how she's frustrated me in the past. So we will. I'll keep you posted on that. So the dreaded fleece is a long-term project, which means that I'm going to be spinning on it a little bit here and there for a very long time. I'm about halfway done with 36 ounces of fiber and it's coming along and I'm enjoying it and that's really with the dreaded fleece all I can ask for. All right, I did a little bit of sewing. So I wanted to see if the tools and equipment that I have at my disposal currently would work for sewing some like softer, lighter leather and I'm pleased to report that they do. As long as I've got the right needle, a leather needle, you know, just a standard, on my sewing machine, which is a Bernina Aurora 430, then I can sew like soft leather. I think two layers thick, this leather that I'm working with is about an eighth of an inch thick, 
maybe a little bit more. So I've got the tools I need to cut the leather, sew the leather, and finish the leather, and I'm excited about that. So that was really fun. I made myself a DPN stitch by Colder, so that was awesome. So I managed to do some testing and figure out that I can sew leather on my sewing machine with the equipment I have. So that's awesome because I didn't I didn't intend to buy anything special or do anything additional if I couldn't do it with my existing equipment because I'm not made of money, you know, really. So that's all done. So that's pretty cool. And that worked out really, really easily. I think it took me like 20 minutes. So that's awesome. I'm excited about that. And I'll have to see what else I can make out of leather in the old craft room. All right. Well, I guess that's all I've got going on and spinning my wheels. So I will keep you posted on how everything else is coming in the next episode. In this episode, I'm going to put my spin on my favorite spinning wheel, the Louette Victoria S96. So I told you a while ago that one of my listeners had said, hey, I want to hear more about your spinning wheels. We, I really enjoy it. So I'm like, okay, I can do that, right? I've told you about a few of them so far, but now I want to tell you about my favorite. So my Louette Victoria was my very first spinning wheel and the boy came about it by happenstance. So the Louette S96 Victoria is a travel wheel. It's a folding travel wheel. This is the wheel that started my love of travel wheels and Louette in particular travel wheels. It weighs about eight pounds. Its folded size is five and a half inches by 14 and a half inches by 20 and a half inches. So it's 21 and three quarters inches tall and 14 and a quarter inch wide. And the orifice height is 23 inches when it is unfolded and ready to spin on. So I really love this wheel. It has done everything I've ever asked it to do and it folds up and it's super cute. So the Louette Victoria comes in two different versions, the S95 and the S96. And the only difference in the two is the wood that is used to make them. So the S96, which I have, is lacquered oak. And the S95, let me find it, is a much lighter wood in color. And it is made out of beech. So the beech wood is a lot lighter in color than my oak one. And I mean, the oak is not a very, very dark wood to begin with, but the beech is definitely much lighter. So it's got three ratio sizes. 6 to 1, 8.5 to 1, and 13 to 1, which is cool. And it also has an option for a high-speed flyer, what I don't have. I do have a woolly winder for my Victoria that I use for plying mainly. And it is a great little wheel. So my husband bought it secondhand from a woman in California when I think we lived in Maryland. Nope, we lived in St. Louis. <clears throat> but he got an amazing deal on it. Uh, she bought it new, used it for about six months, and then just wanted to offhand it. So I think with shipping and everything, he spent less than $400 on the wheel, which is awesome. You can go ahead and Google it yourself and it's full price brand new is much, much greater than that. So that was cool. But I really perfected my spinning technique on that wheel and I absolutely love it. And I just thoroughly enjoy spinning on that little bad boy, which is probably the only reason that the dreaded fleece has not been totally scrapped is because that is the project I'm spinning on my Victoria. Pretty much in love with that wheel. And I'm happy to share that love with you and I will keep you posted on how those projects are going. Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. I really, really appreciate that everybody has taken the time to come join me for this little gig recorded live in the dirty, dirty, messy craft room. 
And to all of you who are joining me for the first time, thank you so much for giving this podcast a try. And for everyone who is returning, thank you so much for sticking with me. I am very happy that you are here. Keep an eye out for the sock pattern that I'm preparing. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it will be released in time for Valentine's Day, which is awesome. And I'm looking forward to that. I should be able to get a lot of knitting done on the sample tonight during Super Bowl Sunday. So that should be quite the adventure. And of course, keep your eyes out for my blog post on my 101 in 1001 days. That should be coming very shortly. And if it is done before I actually edit this podcast episode and get it posted, I will link to it in the show notes. The song leading us out this week is another really good song that I enjoy from Gregory Allen Isakoff. I just bought his entire album called The Weatherman. And this week's song is called St. Valentine. For those of you who may be listening in the proximity of um, the easily influenced or small children, there he uses the F word twice in the song, <laughs> but it's kind of subtle, so it may totally be missed. But it's there, and I wanted to give you a warning. So the album is fantastic. The first four songs I absolutely love. There's a handful in the middle that I'm like, nah, I haven't actually listened to them enough to love them yet, but I would say more than half the songs in this album are fantastic. So thank you all for tuning in again. And as always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at joyfulgirlknits at gmail.com. Catch me on Ravelry as Forever Handmade or follow me on Instagram as the same. Thanks again, guys. I will talk to you soon. Well, Grace, she's gone. She's a half-written poem. She wound out for cigarettes and never came home And I swallowed the sun and screamed and wailed Straight down to the dirt so I could find her trail Spread out across the great divide Well, I've just come to talk St. Valentine Should you live in here with the rats and the vines? Ain't that my old heart hanging out on your line? Are you all fucked up, St. Valentine?
Saint Valentine. You're the loneliest one, Saint Valentine. 